Hey friends, I know how busy this time of the year is. And as much as I love home-cooked meals, sometimes there is just not enough time. But I have good news for you. Factor offers delicious, ready-to-eat meals, which can make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with your pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. There are two-minute meals, so you can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. They have snacks and smoothies and more. There's a wide variety of options and 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that will help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. So head over to factormeals.com forward slash swanson50 and use code swanson50 to get, you guessed it, 50% off. That's code Swanson50 over at factormeals.com forward slash Swanson50, and you're going to get 50% off. No prep, no mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Yay for that. I'll be linking over in show notes as well, but go check it out and tell me how you enjoy your Factor meals. Aloha and welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast with my mom, Monica Swanson. On the Boy Mom Podcast, it is our goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising boys in this sometimes crazy world. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcasts. We're so glad you're here. I said, you don't have to finish your textbooks. And uh, most states have a 180-day requirement for education. So whether it's 180 days or someday in the future, like just work towards that. It gives you the end. And then just stop. Like you can just say, this is where we got to this year. This is what the Lord has given us uh, as our uh, bounty for this school year. Uh, Let's rest, relax, uh, regather ourselves, and, of course, you can start planning for the next uh, next 180 days as time permits, but you don't need okay. to feel guilty. Okay, I'm just going to repeat that last line for myself, if for no one else. He says, you don't need to feel guilty. <laughs> I love it. Such a breath of fresh air right now. Well, guys, I'm really excited to share this conversation with you. I'm talking to Robert Bortens. He's the Chief Executive Officer of Classical Conversations, which is the world's largest classical homeschooling organization. And Robert has um, a list he's sharing with us of 27 ways to finish the school year strong. So whether you're a homeschool mom or just schooling from home, I think this list is super practical, very encouraging. Hopefully you can um, go over to show notes and grab it, print it out, and go over it with your kids. I think it just helps me see that finish line and gives us all a little bit of hope that we're going to get there. And summertime is ahead and hopefully you know, a whole new season is ahead, right? So first of all, tell me how you are. How was Mother's Day? Did everyone do okay? Did you get spoiled a little bit? I know it wasn't typical, but I hope you had a great Mother's Day and I hope you're hanging in there as we get through May. I can't believe how fast time is flying, but I think it's a good thing, right? We're ready to move on in 2020. 
Well, guys, like I said, I'm talking to Robert Bortons. He's got this list of 27 things that I think you're going to be encouraged by. Robert was fun to talk to because not only is he the CEO of a great homeschool curriculum, but he's the oldest of four boys. And what I love is his mother was creating this curriculum while she was homeschooling him many years ago. And then, of course, he grew up, went to college, got a job, and then circled back, came back, and now he's the CEO of this company. They are in over 42 countries around the world. And I know a lot of people who use classical conversations. I always trip over my tongue, so I think it's better to just call it CC like a lot of people do. But I have never used it. And what's funny is I've received a lot of emails and messages lately asking me about this exact curriculum. And all I can say is I know people love it. I've not been a part of it, mostly because there isn't a group near where I live here on the North Shore. But as Robert will tell us today, If there isn't a group where you live, they will help you start your own group. So that is always an option. If you like the idea of a classical education, which he'll explain what that means too, uh, this might be so, probably you'll find a group near you because they're all over the place. But if there isn't one, you could start your own group. And the other thing I just love is so many people talk about socialization with homeschooling and that can really get me going. So I won't get started on that. But I do love that CC brings together the social element, the group element, doing school in community, but also much of the curriculum is done at home as a family. So it kind of combines those two elements. I think it's a really neat way to approach homeschooling. But I'm gonna let you listen to him tell a little bit about that and then dive into this list of 27 things. I think you're gonna love it. And um, I just wanna thank you again for taking time to be here. I know in this season, it is so hard to find time to do anything for yourself, to find a quiet place, but I appreciate that you have found a way to listen to my podcast, and thank you for continuing to share the word about the Boy Mom podcast with friends using social media or just word of mouth. It means the world to me, and as always, thank you for your ratings and reviews. I've gotten a number of new ones even in the last week, and I really appreciate it. If you haven't left one, you can hit pause. If you're on your phone, just scroll down, hit those five stars, or leave a few words about what you love most about the Boy Mom podcast. Okay, guys, without further ado, I'm going to let you listen in on this fun conversation, 27 Ways to Finish the Year Strong. Hope you enjoy. Hey, Robert, welcome to the Boy Mom podcast. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Yes, it's um, super fun. You're, you're talking to an audience of a bunch of boy moms, and some of them are homeschool moms. They've been doing it for a long time, but a whole lot of them are schooling at home because they have to as we all know and I'm really excited because you have created a list that I just loved I was like I'm going to choose a few to go over and then I was like I want to go over all of them so (laughs) we have a fun list to help moms get through the end of this year well and so I'm really looking forward to sharing it but before I do would you please share a little about yourself what you do and your background yeah, I'd be happy to. So my name is Robert Bortons. I'm the CEO of Classical Conversations, and that's a home-centered educational community that equips parents to provide their children with timeless tools of learning so they can discover nature's order and beauty and enable others to do the same. I am the oldest of four boys. I was homeschooled myself, so my mom's a boy mom as well. <laughs> and I have a daughter and a son and a uh, a third one on the way, uh, due any time now, and we are um, excited about finding out if it's a boy or a girl uh, mm-hmm. when the doctor and my wife uh, finish the um, birthing process. So uh, we'll, we'll find out if I'm a boy dad a second time or, or a girl dad. <laughs> I love it. 
love your story. When I kind of started checking out what you do and who you are, I was like, he's the oldest of four boys. And so my sons and I have been talking about you and your story and just love. Can you tell us a little bit about how Classical Conversations began, what your mom was doing and where you were at the time? Yeah, so as the eldest, I was kind of the guinea pig, and you probably have experienced some of that with your own kids, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Classical Conversations was really started to equip parents to homeschool through high school. As I was getting into high school, a lot of my uh, friends who were being homeschooled, their parents just didn't feel like they could do the harder subjects, and they didn't know how to get the kid into college. And mm -hmm. so my mom said, hey, I will help you homeschool them, and uh, if you will continue to homeschool through high school. So there was 10 of us in my family's basement in 1997 for what would be my freshman year of high school. In and Winston these were Salem. all boys, right? You no, had not boys. all boys. Oh, no, they weren't. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was okay. mixed. Okay. About half boys and half girls in okay. our uh, community. And uh, but all boys in my household. Uh, it just went really well, and more and more families wanted help. And uh, my family, we have four boys, there's two of us, and then there's about a 12-year gap and two more. And so really, anytime you do something a second time, you do it better. And so my <laughs> mom saw how she had homeschooled John and I and uh, the things that she would do differently, and just God blessed her with two more kids and able to do that. And so that's how our foundations program was started. So we actually kind of started with the end in mind uh, with the high school program, and then we built up the elementary school and middle school program in order to really just maximize what a child kind of goes out into the world with. And so that's the heart behind classical conversations is just that community-based curriculum that gives families the real-time support and accountability they need to succeed. And we've been doing it since 1997. So it's a proven program. Wow. What a story. I love that. And can you tell us just that when we say class classical, we're talking like classical um, education theory. Can you just tell us a little bit about that and what that means? Yeah, so there's a lot of different ideas about what classical means. For us, it's the timeless tools of learning. Um, it's learning, uh, it's, a lot of people call it grammar, dialectic, and rhetoric, um, mm -hmm. but really it's how you learn anything. And so we're going to teach you, we use the subjects to practice the tools of learning, which okay. the grammar stage is just learning facts. So just if you're going, if you're going to cook, you know, you need to know what a cup is. You need to know what a teaspoon is. So that's the facts of cooking. Yep. When you think about the dialectic, that's the combining those facts into something. So that's when you mix the cake together and you make it. And then the yep. rhetoric is when you teach someone else how to do it. So you pass on that family recipe that everybody loves. Uh, you know, you're able to do the recipe without, <laughs> you know, looking at, you know, the individual steps just because you mm -hmm. know it by heart. And so whether it's surfing or basketball <laughs> or math or history, uh, whatever you learn in life, pro computer programming, it goes through those steps. And then. We use source material, so we, you know, we're going to read the Constitution, we're going to read the Federalist Papers, we're going to read the Need, not some professor's view on those um, mm. subjects. And so we go back to the source paper, and then we have the in the communities they get to have, together and have a conversation about it. And so, mm. you know, with homeschooling. Um, you don't want to always be debating your mom or your dad. You know, you want to have <laughs> right. peers to be doing that with. Yeah. And um, so we do things like obviously you can read your history paper, debate, mock trial, like um, even our little 
five-year-olds, like my little daughter who's in our foundations program this year, she goes in front of her class every single week and gives a presentation. And so that's building that rhetoric skills so that, um, you know, Americans are more terrified of uh, public speaking than they are of dying. And so, uh, so so we, we want to, if, if we're as Christians, it's supposed to go tell, right? Jesus has gone and told us, go tell the world about us. We need to have good rhetorical skills. And so we start that at a young age. And, and that's really what the classical model is all about is learning how to learn um, and really just igniting that love for learning that is innate in every child. Uh, I love that. Now I have to tell you, I have, People reach out and ask me about homeschool curriculums all the time, and I get asked a lot about classical conversations, but here on the North Shore, there isn't a group that meets nearby, and I've always wished there were because I have so many friends around the world and even here on the island more close to town that are part of a group. Um, These are all done in groups, right? You always meet somewhere. It's not something you do individually. Is that right? Yes, yeah, that's, that's correct. Yeah, we're community based. So, right. but the nice thing is, if there's not a community nearby you, we will help you get one started. <laughs> exactly. So. I, I've I've heard that before, and I've actually thought about. In fact, I have a few friends here on the North Shore who uh, have talked about that. So I said, you know, with my nine-year-old coming up, that would probably be amazing because I do think there's such value in meeting with other people and the kids rubbing up against other kids. There's a little bit of just that, um, you know, positive peer pressure. I think it can be really helpful for my boys anyway. Yeah, I love so, that. Yeah, well, um, how many people does it take to form a group? Well, or- we, we have groups as small as two families. We say don't despise humble beginnings, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, anywhere. We typically, even in a situation like that, we see the next year they have 10 or 12 families. So, I mean, anywhere from... I mean, six to eight families is a great way to start, and sometimes we've seen ones fill up with 30 families the very first year. So it's just wow. um, get that leadership, and uh, you know that's what we do. We help families do that. You know, it, it is there is a cost to attending a classical conversations community, and almost all of that stays with that local community um, and those local directors. So I say it's a great way to align your side hustle with uh, what you're passionate about, which is educating your children and supporting families in your community. Oh, that is so cool. And just to be clear, because again, some people listening are doing school at home and really exploring the possibility of of continuing to homeschool even when this pandemic ends. There are groups meeting all over. Like how many, do you have a count of how many groups are meeting right now around the world? Yeah, so we just, uh, yeah, we just, so we just got into our 42nd country. Um, wow. So almost, and obviously we're on all 50 states. Uh, we have roughly 2,300 or so communities this past year. We're expecting that number is going to increase to about 2,500 to 2,600 this year. So we're uh, steadily growing um, both domestically and internationally. So there's a lot of room at local communities. And then there's also for um, those who are entrepreneurial minded can start their own. So uh, we want to um, be supportive in in either way. And uh, we're we're there not just as a curriculum for the kids, but as a partner for the parents. My goodness, that is so cool. So wherever people are, they've probably got one nearby. And if they don't, you can help them start. Well, 
I love it. I'm excited. And now I would love to dive into this list because you created a list of 27 helpful tips for ending the school year strong, whether you are homeschooling or just schooling from home. Yes. I, I love this list. So can we just kind of run through it from the top? And then if wherever we land, you have offered to uh, give this as a download for everybody listening, right? Yep, that is correct. So you'll be okay. able to download this entire list and uh, see what works for your family. And uh, happy to run through these ideas with you and just elaborate a little bit more on them. Terrific. Okay, I'm going to just jump into the first thing on the list, which is focus on what is important. Evaluate, reevaluate your family mission statement. So talk to us about how we can focus on what's important right now when we're weary and just barely can see the finish line ahead of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. Really, you know, you got to start with the end in mind. And that really changes, of course, as you mature and get more knowledge about your kids and your family. But setting that North Star and then really evaluating it and then talking about it with your family, like, hey, these are our family's goals. This is our family mission. Like, how can we fulfill these better? Like, what are things we can schedule, you know, once things get back to normal to help us um, on this path? And that really buys um, in with your kids to like, oh, this is why we do this. This is what our family's uh, mission is. And it's just such a strong and powerful way um, to connect as a family, to grow as a family, and to impact the world. However, um, you know, God has called you to do that. So, and it's important even as an organization, like we evaluate and reevaluate our mission statement and our goals, you know, on a regular basis. And so that's a best practice in Fortune 50 companies and should be a best practice for our families. So I know a lot of families might not even have one. Um, so it's a great time to create one for the first time and just really think about that because that's going to help you decide what you do in life when you have that North Star. Oh, I, I totally agree. And I think this time of being quarantined is a great time to slow down and say, what are some things we've always wished we had done or thought were a good idea but haven't done it yet? This is a great time to develop that mission statement and talk about how what you're doing now to fulfill it or not and how you could readjust. So good. Okay, I love number two, of course. And I think wherever you are in the world, it's, it's May now. I think everyone can do number two, which is get outside, do some school outside, right? Absolutely. You know, our goal, our mission at CC is to know God and to make him known. And the Bible tells us that the world tells us about his majesty and his glory and that you have you can walk outside and see the trees, the ocean, the beach and know that there is a God that loves us. And so the whole point of education is to learn about this world that he created for us and his word. And so what better way to do it than outside living in the world itself? And of course, like you mentioned, it's great for vitamin D, which is going to boost your immune system. And of course, we're fighting a global pandemic. So that's a definitely a good way to um, just help you stay healthy and continue to really just learn about nature yeah. um, in nature itself. And yeah. so, you know, it's going outside with your kids and intentionally doing school just helps them connect the dots. Uh, I totally agree. I think some of us who are raised with a real traditional school setting, I know I was raised in the public school, sometimes it's hard for me to tell myself it's okay to to 
pull out of the textbooks and just go do something different. But my goodness, I know my boys have learned so much more from looking through a telescope at the stars or taking apart a plant and studying what's inside of it. Just, you know, observing nature. They learn so much more than they would even on a typical day reading a textbook. So that that's one yeah. of our favorites. Um, number three might have been my one of my son's favorites. <laughs> <laughs> which is don't worry about finishing every textbook. Come on, give us permission. Talk to us, Robert. Yes. Well, we don't write textbooks in your historical sense here at Classical Conversations, but um, we obviously know people who do. And most of the time, textbooks aren't even written with the idea that they're going to be finished on an annual basis That Hallelujah. because they know the teachers are going to pick different chapters to uh -huh. skip, different chapters to focus on. And so the person who wrote the textbook didn't even expect you to finish it. So you don't need to put those expectations on your family. Now, it doesn't mean you should, you know, go through 10 percent of it and, you know, <laughs> throw it in the trash. Right. 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 <laughs> but uh, don't feel pressured to, to finish it off. Well, there's probably some textbooks you should do that with. But uh, <laughs> well, I don't I, growing up, I don't think I ever made it to the end of a textbook before the end of the school year. So I try to tell myself. That's okay. That's okay. As long as they're learning. All right. So number four, reflection, celebration on the year. Take take me from there. Yeah. So I mean, we're all you know been stuck at home. Our lives have kind of been upended, and so it's good opportunity really to reflect and then celebrate because we've all gone through so much. You know, this is really going to build soft skills such as resiliency in your children um, that they might not have had otherwise and so it's always good especially as you mentioned like this has given us an opportunity to slow down and we needed to slow down in my opinion as a culture and so Absolutely. just and just being having that opportunity to reflect and then celebrate because it's easy to get caught up especially as a parent in the moment and yeah. in what you want to get them to do next that it's easy to forget you know what just happened that was so wonderful Totally. And I love that you mentioned the whole person here, because really there might be things that they did throughout the year that in the in the stress of trying to finish the school year, you're forgetting that they might have accomplished something great in one of their outside activities or sports or, you know, something else that they do. So I love the idea of just looking back and, and celebrating. I think that's super good. OK, number five, let's plan for an interest based summer. Good stuff. Yeah, so this is really along the lines of like, what skills do you, your kids, your family, you know, want to learn this summer and start thinking about um, how you guys can really arrange your summer around that those interests that you guys have. So like one of the things we're doing with my family is uh, my kids are five and three. So and of course, one on the way, they're still young, but I'm working on gardening with them. And of course, so that means watering and feeding the plants and tending to them. And so that's really just want to get get their interest in the outside, seeing life. And so just think about like with what your kids and what your family's doing, like what are some of those things you guys want to do since, you know, our travels, most of us have some sort of travel restriction on us right now. So it's a great time to just sit down with your family, figure out what you're going to do afterwards and put a plan in place. I love that. I also think, you know, I keep seeing all these little silver linings of our quarantine, but sometimes we finish that school year and it's like a rush into summer and camps and activities. And then it's like you hardly catch your breath before the next school year starts. So I think mm -hmm. it's kind of sweet that we have this time 
where we're all home to go, wait, what do we really want summer to look like? And, and what do we want to get out of it? And, and really be intentional about those days coming up when maybe we're not doing school every day, but we still can keep learning and growing and, and just developing as a whole person. So that is super good. Well, talk to us about number six, scrapbook the year. What kind of things can we do now? I, I tend to get a little like overwhelmed when I think about scrapbooking, but tell us, <laughs> tell us what you think about that one and how we can do it without stressing out. Yeah, I mean, my lo my wife loves crafts and scrapbooking and those things, so it's just a great way to really preserve memories that you're going to cherish later, because um, like as you kind of alluded to earlier, you know, the days are long, but the years are short, and so it's just a great opportunity while we're together to pull out those different things that you've accomplished this year and just preserve it in a way that you'll be able to cherish many years from now. Yeah. I, I love that. And, and I think that I've learned over time, it's taken me some time to, to give myself permission for my scrapbooking to not look like maybe your wife's because <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> it's not my natural gifting, but to go, Hey, what if, you know, that doesn't mean I should throw the whole idea out just because I'm not super crafty. What are some ways I can do that that might look different, but still preserves the memories. So give yourself permission guys to find some creative way, whatever it might look like to, to hold on to some things, make some files, you know, create something because kids do love we, we've been part of this time. We've been cleaning out our garage and a lot of bins that I've held on to um, full of stuff from when the kids were young. And it's funny to see how kids react because, you know, one of my sons is like, we don't need this stuff. Throw away everything. I'm like, no. <laughs> and then another one is like, oh, you know, my baby blanket. I don't want to get rid of it. So it's fun to go through those, but I love that they have the opportunity to go through them. I'm glad I didn't get rid of everything. So uh, I don't want to be a hoarder, but I'm not ready to just throw <laughs> everything out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it helps. I mean, obviously, uh, boys in particular probably don't have as much scrapbook interest in general as right. uh as girls but i know just the stuff that my mom saved for me and the stuff that i can look back on from growing up you know i just really appreciate that now as as an adult yeah. and as a grown man so uh, i don't think it'll be for not just because they might not appreciate it as much you know as no. a teenager or a young boy mm -hmm. yeah, that's right i love it Let's look at number seven, plan for portfolios. This is good because the, this is, again, another opportunity we have. Assessments for state requirements, gather materials. So what kind of practical stuff are we talking about here? Yeah, so from a homeschool perspective, you know, each state has different requirements. Um, and a lot of those even requirements this year, some of them were set aside, like end of grade testing in many areas. But I think as a homeschool dad, you want the test and the assessments to serve you and your homeschool and what your family's mission and goals are, not for you to serve the test. And that's the big issue that we have here in the United States is we all are serving tests like the K through 12 in government schools is about serving tests instead mm -hmm. of the tests serving the students. Wow. And so I really just think on an annual basis, like I coach sports and you're always wanting to assess your 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 team your strategy and provide feedback because that's how you improve and so you know from a from a child standpoint you know like just assess where they are you know either using you can still test even though you're not required to um, and there's different ideas online how to assess well but really just also assess 
you know, your, your school year? Like, what did you do as a mom or dad homeschooling? What worked well? What didn't work well? And uh, assess yourself so that you can, you know, improve the next year. So we always say assess to bless. Like, that's mm-hmm. the whole purpose of assessment is to bless. Uh, I love that. I think that's super important for us. Yeah, I love that you mentioned for us as the parents, as as the homeschool teachers, because I do sometimes hit the end of the year and it's really healthy for me to go, you know, I, I didn't I didn't read aloud as much as I had imagined I would. Like, how can I fit that in practically? Because it's not going to change unless we get intentional about, you know, making a new plan. So super important. Okay, number eight is it is definitely a good one. And I think so freeing. It says pick a hard stop date and when you reach it, stop guilt free. Oh, I, I, I like this. I need this. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, like I said, you don't have to finish your textbooks and uh, most states have a 180 day requirement for education. So whether it's 180 days or someday in the future, like just work towards that. It gives you the end. And then just stop. Like you can just say this is where we got to this year. This is what the Lord has given us uh, as our uh, bounty for this school year. Uh, let's rest, relax, uh, regather ourselves. And, of course, you can start planning for the next uh, next 180 days as time permits. But you don't need okay. to feel guilty. I've heard stories of moms who were sick for the year and were homeschooling their kids and didn't like even open up a, any sort of book, but just lived life together. And their kids jumped two grade levels on their end of grade tests just because there's when you're living life together, like you are doing school, you know, 24 seven if if you're living life intentionally together. So oh, you just stop guilt free. Stop. That A little load just went off my shoulders because I seriously do. I go back and forth. There's moments where I'm telling my, you know, my 16 year old is a competitive surfer. And so he's traveled a lot. And I almost felt like this quarantine was a gift because it gave him a chance to catch up. He should be in Australia competing right now. But instead, he's mm. I'm like, yes, you get, get caught up. But there's times where I'm like, Luke, you're going to be doing school all the way up until your next school year begins. And then there's other <laughs> times where I'm like, Buddy, you've worked so hard. Like, it's not easy to balance all the things that he does. And so I'm like, I want to just let you be done, you know, on a certain date. So I'm going to go with saying that Robert, CEO of a massive homeschool curriculum, is is telling me I get to pick a date and stop. So thank you. You just freed us up. Luke, Luke, thanks you. <laughs> okay, here's a fun one. We'll cover just a couple more before we wrap up, and then hopefully everyone can grab this download and use it, put it into practice. You suggest taping a dollar bill in the back of their workbooks and textbooks. Uh, tell us how this works, and if you've heard of people doing it, maybe your own mom did it. Yeah, I mean, it's just a great way, you know, as we end the school year, of course, we get slowed down and stuff like that. Um, is just to encourage them, you know, not every textbook, because some of those textbooks we're not going to finish, and that's fine. <laughs> yeah. um, but just it encourages them. Um, it teaches discipline. It also teaches delayed gratification um, yeah. because they're having to do all these steps to get that that money. You can start talking about mm-hmm. like, hey, how do you want to spend this money? But really delayed gratification is one of the primary uh, ways researchers can tell if a young child is going to be successful later in life. So there's been so much research done on how delayed gratification just sets you up uh, 
for the rest of your life. So it's a great way to develop that skill. It's a great way to those textbooks or um, lessons that you do want to finish. A great way to encourage your child to do that as well as they reach that. Motivation. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And we could probably even do that with some of the harder reading books. I had never even thought of that. But mm-hmm. if there's a tough, long book that they're trying to get through, have a little reward waiting at the end, a coupon for something, a dollar, a, a note that they can't open until they're done. That's just super fun idea. And then number 10, do we not all need this? Let's plan for rest. Help me plan for rest. <laughs> <laughs> well, for child development, it's so important to rest. Yes. Like, um, because the brain is like a muscle and muscles, right? You go work out. That's really just tearing your muscle down. It's when your muscle is resting that it builds and gets stronger. And so that's why things like recess during the day is so important. Making sure that children are, um, you know, get plenty of breaks, get to run around and be kids. So, you know, plan for that rest and know that guilt-free that this is actually maybe the biggest benefit to your homeschooling year is when they're resting because it's just giving their brain that opportunity to just grow and absorb everything that you've put into it and it's it's okay to do oh that is so good good for moms too we all need the rest and god planned it that way for us but i think it's one thing we tend to overlook so yeah I want to hop down and just cover one or two from a little further down the list because uh, I think this is really important to look at number 15. Plan your COVID couldn't do list. Where will you go? What will you do? This is fun. I haven't done this with my kids yet. Yeah, I mean, we've all been stuck at home. You know, my kids, even though you're young, you know, we go to the grocery store or something. You know, we've been leaving them at home and they're just like, when can we go? When when can we see our friends? When, When can we do this and that? And I think it'll just, uh, especially now that we're starting to see some states opening up and it looks like, you know, some things are going to get back to normal sooner than later. You know, what are those things that you're missing out on? What are you going to do? Start planning those, right? Start planning, meeting up with your friends to do those events, those tasks, those hobbies, you know, whatever you're trying to do. So it goes around that same idea of planning an interest-based summer, you know, COVID obviously interrupted a lot of our lives. A lot of things that we were planning on doing got interrupted. Are those some some of those things? Can you reschedule them? Like, yeah. can you have a graduation, you know, for your kid who who's been canceled, or you know that uh, that end of year celebration that you were planning on doing? So yeah. that those birthday parties you missed out on, right? right? There's all sorts of things that we couldn't do just because of being stuck at home but that doesn't mean we can't celebrate them later so yeah go ahead create a list yeah you know prepare to be active uh hopefully very shortly that's right i love that and i always say that when it comes to like travel and things i think half the fun especially for kids but for all of us is the anticipation and so i think it's really good for kids to get to be a part of planning things to making the list you know they can write out the list And that Mm -hmm. helps them just get excited about it. And it's almost like they're living it as they're planning it. So that's really fun. Okay, well, this list is packed. I think everyone's going to want to read the full list. So I'll make sure to um, have a link to that in the show notes. 
can all download it, hang it up and let the kids look over it with you. They're going to pick their favorites. Trust me, my boys did. And, um, and then you can use it to help you get through the end of the school year strong. I love the heart of what you do. We're going to link to classical conversations. We're going to link to, you know, the list. Where else can people find and follow you and what you do if they want to go online and track you down? Yeah, so we have a very active Facebook page, and uh, we're also on Instagram as well. And so you can find us there, and I'm happy to answer any questions that you guys might have related to this list or any other questions related to homeschooling or the classical model. Classical Conversations is here for you. We think the future of homeschooling is exciting, and uh, we are just looking forward to things getting back to normal. Uh, yeah. so that we can uh, be with our communities again and, and be with our friends. Absolutely. I love all of that. Well, I've been encouraged and inspired, so I want to thank you personally so much for this list and for your time. And uh, I'm sure there will be a lot of people wanting to reach out and find out more about finding a group near them or starting one of their own. So thank you, Robert, so much. Oh, thank you, Monica. It's been so much fun uh, today talking to you about these uh, 27 Great ways to end your school year strong. Awesome. Well, enjoy that new baby and have a great rest of your school year there and summer as well. All right. You do the same. God bless. Okay. God bless. Okay, friends. I hope a few of those encouraged you and I hope you will go over to show notes to grab that list and go over it. And just wherever you're at in the school year, just give yourself a pat on the back. You have adjusted to big changes Uh, Whether you are homeschooling already or not, just there's been big changes for all of us. So stop and give yourself some credit. I pray that the end of the school year is strong. And I just want to thank you again for taking time to be here with us today. We have so many great episodes coming up ahead. I've been doing a lot of interviews. I've got a few solo episodes planned. These next few months are going to be packed. And I'm really excited to share them all with you. Thank you for being a part of this growing community. It means the world to me. And I want to thank Classical Conversations for this really encouraging interview. Thanks, Robert Bortons, for your time. So, guys, have a wonderful rest of your week. And until next time, aloha. Ha uh-huh.